0: The current spoiler warning level is Crimson.
1: Friends and folks, this is another one of those super spoilery episodes. This is spoiler warning level Crimson. We are going to be discussing Gundam 00 from a mechanical perspective. Um, not really much narrative talk, but we do talk about some machines from season two of Gundam 00. We also make a little bit of mention of uh, a machine from uh, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. So, uh, GGP folks, please be wary. However, I will note there are no real plot details in this. Uh, Enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Mechanista NG, the show where we go through the various mecha of Gundam, and and figure out what makes them tick. Uh, usually, young children put in the cockpit. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media.
0: I'm Dylan from Online.
1: Dylan from Online. This is a spoilery ass episode. This is we're going we're going hard in the paint. We're going deep.
0: Yeah. We'll see if we get something we can actually talk about, Looks at last episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, those are going to come out on the same day, so, uh, yeah, no, the, um, Master Gundam didn't give us a lot to say. Um, and that was, I feel like, one of the more meaty of the, of the Future Century ones, so I'm worried about, <laughs> well, about see, that list. See,
0: the thing is, at least with some of the others, like, if we get the God Gundam, we can also talk about The Shining, we can also talk about The Rising, They'll give us at least other mechs to talk about, so we'll actually get to a point where it's like, okay, maybe we can stretch these out to as long as we normally do. The Master did not give us that, though, unfortunately.
1: No. No. Okay, so uh, our list here, we have 1 to 2 as an O 3 to 4 is Cosmic Era, 5 is Post-Disaster, and 6 is a separate part of Late UC that I've added since we last recorded.
0: Oh, Okay.
1: It's narrative and unicorn.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We don't have advanced generation yet, do we? I, I, unless I am deaf and I didn't hear that. I I'm, what is that? That's age. Gundam age.
1: Oh no, we don't. No, okay, we don't. I, I will add age, that so section
0: because there's actually a lot of fun designs to talk about with age that I can't believe I haven't added yet. Anyway, sorry.
1: The, all right. It's mm-hmm. like uh, that's a two. That is uh, ano Dominee.
0: Oh, Anno Domini, okay.
1: <clears throat> uh we're going to, have All right. to talk about the uh the the Prius. I mean sorry. Oh
0: I had to do a joke because uh Anno Domini, that's 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 what we're that's what we're in. There are mechanics around us.
1: Hell yeah. You know, there there really are. And there could be you know what, any day now a Gundam could show up. If you think about it.
0: I don't, I don't want to think about it, and the statue is a crime, and that doesn't count. It's going to do, like, three steps, and then step back, and then everyone will be like, Ooh! And it's a really bad design for the Arc 78 and and uh, no.
1: One of these days, they're going to build one of those statues, and it's going to be like, no, just kidding, we were just building a real one in broad daylight, and then it's going to start killing people.
0: Yeah. To be clear, I am not phrasing
1: that as a cool thing.
0: Yeah, that that's. This is that's
1: a scary idea that I don't like. Uh, let's talk about something fun. I'm gonna roll a d20 because uh, I've seen a lot of double O, so this list is long. Sixteen. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the trilobyte, Oh, oh, that's a
0: design to talk about. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. So. That's the... I'm trying to remember it before I actually look it up. That's the aquatic one, though. I know that much.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a mobile armor. Uh, we, uh, When we talked about the Alpha Zero last week, we talked about... Uh, I, I mentioned there were basically two types of uh, mobile armor designs in Gundam. One is, let me just massacre as many normal troops as I can, and one is, yo, I'm so sick of this Gundam. Uh, the Trilobite is so sick of this Gundam.
0: Yeah. Uh, the uh, what a weird looking one too. I forgot. This is actually a fun one to get because it's really weird. So the trilobite, 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 trilobite. Um, the trilobite uh is a mobile armor that is aquatic and uh is basically like I'm trying to remember when it shows. Up. I know I know when it shows up. It just doesn't. Sh- Shows up like twice. Once or twice. Um, mm-hmm. it is a weird I guess it's kinda like the grab rope, is how I would compare it. You know? Yeah. It's got yeah, two it's little sort of a... It's got two little claw arms. Um and it you know, it goes it it it, it can do the grabby underwater and it moves fast underwater. It's got a bunch of uh the GN drive TOWs, uh, which are the fake gn drives um it is i'm trying to think what else to say about it uh because we could talk a lot (laughs) about the design but it is it's just weird looking it 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 almost reminds me of like a bug it's covered in foldy parts it is like you um you look at a picture of it at first and you're like well this just looks like a torpedo and then you realize oh wait those little red bits on the front have little claws in them, and they have little arms that extend out. And then the back of them also can, like, move. You have multiple pieces moving independently uh, in a weird way, and it's just such a strange little design. Um, The other fun thing about it is it actually... So for being such a strange design with, like, GN drives and being used underwater, um, it... It has like a flag head, uh, which is something we haven't talked about in this. But the flag are a family of mobile suits um, in you know Double O that are usually considered pretty neat by people. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, yeah, they're, I, like, I like flags. Uh, they're they're weird. They're very like almost I want to say like jet inspired, whereas like you know, yeah, they're
1: they're like spindly jet ones. Yeah,
0: because yeah, they they have a transformation. They have a flight mode and you know they got all the little wings on them they have lots of like intakes all over them um and one of the things that's very notable about them is their face is a big orange visor and the big orange visor um is like you can kind of see it on the trilobite when you look on top of it right you can see like there's a little bit of an Mm -hmm. orange visor um it's just it's just got a little flag head on there, which is kinda cool. Uh I always like when you turn what are humanoid shaped things into monsters.
1: But uh I mean so there there are some really interesting things about I think I feel like um if you just look at the show itself, you don't get that much with this friend, but looking at some of the like the tech details, you get some really cool stuff about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, this is a um this is a two pilot mobile suit.
0: Mhm. Yep. It does have two uh, pilots,
1: but it also has a like a living space in the back.
0: Look, uh, don't we all wish we had that in the back <laughs> of our mobile suit? It's, it's, like, it's like a, like a truck a with like a little apartment.
1: sleeping quarters. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of incredible. I think that it's like this is our first mobile suit. That's I mean you know if you're building like you're building a submarine mobile suit. It has to act like a submarine, which means sometimes it just has to stay underwater. Mm-hmm. And so you need to hang out somewhere. And so they just got a little, just got a little, you know, like, bed. And I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> pictures of it, but I want to imagine it has, like, the world's smallest kitchenette in there. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of it, right? Like, the, the it takes on much
0: more of a submarine role in that, like, you know, you probably, you, you don't really deploy it in the same way, like, you know, it might be traveling a long distance while underwater. And, I mean, it can. It's got two GN drives, so... Or, actually, sorry, it's got three GN drives. I saw the two. I forgot yeah, the... It. it has one on the tail, too. It has a little wiggly mm-hmm. tail one. So, it actually has three, yes. Uh, which, you know... uh, it, it, it can probably move pretty fast, but, I mean, if you're moving underwater... It might... There might be a long... There might be enough of a trip to be like, hey, maybe we should have, like, some quarters back here, which I think is kind of, is kind of neat, right? Um, because mm-hmm. usually that's like the thing that separates like larger ships from some of the larger mobile armors is mobile armors are generally just a cockpit and a lot of killing weapons. Whereas a battleship usually still has like living quarters for the people on board and such. Even if you have a mobile armor that is as huge as a battleship in some series, uh, a lot of times they don't really have much on them, but mm-hmm. the trilobite does, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, uh doesn't use beam weapons um mainly uses uh it uses its little claw arms uh, mm-hmm. it has torpedoes it has um spears built into the claw arms um trying to think of what else to talk about with the weapons it's uh it's pretty cool though uh it doesn't really have like doesn't like have like a lot of fancy gn equipment like you would expect because like you know a lot no. of suits in O have, you know, GN equipment, and then they have, like, I can produce a field that things can't pierce, or I have a giant bazooka, or, you know, things like that. Um, you don't really get that as much with the trilobite, uh, you yeah. have a lot more, uh, it's more conventional weapons, all things considered, other than, you know, GM particles and the torpedoes, I think GM missiles are silly, so.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think if, if the, if the Gundam wiki is to be believed, which it is in no um, it claims that this is the only GN powered mobile weapon to lack any sort of beam weapon.
0: Um I think that might be wrong, but you know. It, it, it might be correct in the context of the show, but I'm pretty sure there are ah. some side story ones that would not use beam weapons, but Cause I was thinking
1: about other examples and it's like um I mean, you know, you've got obviously you've got a beam weapon on the Exia. You've got like the other things you think of as not having a beam weapon, like the um, the Susano has like the Tri Punisher or whatever it's called. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um,
0: like every but... it, everything else in show, I think. But yeah, I, I think you're mm-hmm. also right though that outside of the show, I think there are a couple of side designs that might not have any beam weapons, while mm-hmm. being you know gn powered.
1: Um, it certainly makes sense, though, because beam weapons underwater is not, like, the best idea.
0: Yeah, it depends on the show. Uh, True. <laughs> but
1: n- I think it's right, though. It is correct.
0: Because uh, all I can think of is a very different show. Um, but, you know, the idea of using superheated plasmas or gases underwater is just going to create a steam explosion and blow you up. Um, probably not a good idea mm-hmm. to blow up, your, you know, your weapon. Um, so, Uh but yeah, um, the it, it gets a it gets a couple of outings in season two. Um, of course, I don't if I'm remembering right, I don't think it's ever really that much of a threat. Um No, not, it,
1: it gets jobbed pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of suits in Double O that are enemy suits. <laughs> um, when it comes to related suits to the Trilobite, um so you have a couple of weird ones uh, namely that it originates from the union flag and apparently the jinx. I'm curious what what jinx element it has or if they're just saying I'm, oh, I'm sure it's it just uses a, Yeah, <laughs> yeah that?
1: the the jinx was the jinx was just uh you know the the wider implementation of the idea of the tau drive. So I I bet it's just that. Mhm.
0: That's probably it. Um but you can see, like I said you can see the flag in the design at least with like a lot of the shapes um you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's also got the very distinct um like lots of flat points all over it like uh the uh flags tend to have um lots of paneling looking areas mm-hmm. um but besides that uh a related mobile suit that we have to it which i actually think is really cool to talk about would be the superbia jinx. Um so, so how
1: is this related?
0: Uh I'm actually trying to see that I'm assuming what's related is not the superbia itself, like the jinx that you see there itself, but rather it has an assault lander. Oh, and, so
1: it's because it's also like an aquatic use.
0: Yes, I think the aquatic use little uh unit on it is based on it which is probably where the idea that they are related comes from um imagine
1: imagine your legacy as a design being like well we used you for a set of skis for a better robot
0: (laughs) yeah and actually looking at it just making sure because i you know the wiki can sometimes be wrong um one of the data pages does in fact mention that the uh the assault unit is based on elements from the uh, trilobite and actually kind of uses it as a base for the basis for the uh, design which you can actually see if you look at the assault lander because the assault lander surprisingly has a flag head on it inside of the oh, little yeah, sensor it there oh does!
1: look at that little friend
0: yep yeah, so that's actually kind of cool um the superbia jinx is a fun one though because even though the assault lander is you know so it's developed to be shot you know through the sea right mm. but it is not actually a mobile suit uh, that is meant for aquatic combat it is meant for land combat after being launched from the water um it can operate underwater as well, but the assault lander is the assault lander is what it uses when it's underwater and then ideally when it lands it can eject the just the jinx out of like out of it and leave the assault lander behind um mm. and the superbia jinx itself is fun to talk about because this thing is silly it's a ninja. <laughs>
1: It is, um, it is a little bit of a ninja, just just a touch.
0: Yeah, it's got two uh, on the forearms, you have two kunai uh, GN kunai I should mention, uh that, uh, that, you know, are slung under under its little arms. Uh, it, it has um it has your usual Vulcan in the head, uh, like a lot of the Jinxes do, I believe. Um, oh no, they're built into the waist for this. This is actually more similar to the Jinx 4 in that regard. Um, because yeah, if you look at the head, it does not have the Vulcan slots. It has them on the waist unit there. Uh, this waist is actually very oh, yeah. similar to the Jinx Four waist, um, uh, which surprisingly enough, I look at the development history there and it turned into the Jinx Four. I like the Jinx family a lot, so any excuse I can have to talk about the Jinx family is gonna make me happy. Um yeah. But uh, so the GN Kunai there, the, the you have s- physical blades on, them, right? Do you, mm-hmm. see the, you see how they have the little handles with the holes at the end, though? Yes, I do. Those launch little beams out of them. Uh, so it has little actual beam daggers, as well as having the kunai... Oh, wait.
1: It's a sword that has also beam blades?
0: Yes, it does both.
1: <laughs> That's a little silly, isn't it? That's kind uh, of dumb. <laughs> a little bit but I love it sure <laughs> it's fun no. listen like some I'm sure if if we were experts up if we were in this setting and we were uh, like engineers we'd be like well obviously generally like a gN sword and a and a beam saber do the same job but technically one's better at one sort of thing and one's better at a different sort of thing so why not both?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you're not really losing much by attaching the extra extra hunk of metal. It's not like it's going to have problems with weight on the arms. It's going to be able mm-hmm. to lift it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, other fun things, though. like, uh... It's got... So, it's got the kunai, right? And that's, like, its primary mm-hmm. weapon, basically, it's just the kunai. If you look at the feet, it also has claws. Um, those feet uh, actually, like... Sort of pop out and have little claws on them, um, hmm. which ah, so, silly comparison, but they are kind of like the little, like you know, the arrangement of them is kind of like the little hands on the uh, on the um, trilobite. If we want to try to tie it back to that as well, sure, um, sure. But yeah, there's there are little claws that pop out of the feet. Uh, Why it has those? Well, from what I've seen of people who pose the um, robot spirits toy of it, um. They usually depict it hanging upside down on a pipe, um, or on some kind of like stand. Uh, you know, doing a ninja pose as it is upside down with its arms crossed. Um, sure. Because that's what this machine has going on. It's so weird reading about like its actual combat operation role because, you know, like I said, all of its equipment and everything. It's it's more like a ninja. Um, and I love it. I love it's I love the head design on the jinxes. Um it's still got the claws from the jinx as well. Like if you look at the hands, uh it has uh me- like, you know, armor over the fingers and knuckles, um that also can So maybe I'm weapon. taking
1: this comparison too far. You tell me if this is if this is a bridge too far for you, right? Mm-hmm. But if this is a ninja, does that make the assault landing unit basically like it's like it's like, you know, glider cape?
0: Mm. I can kind of, you know, kind of see that. Um, I mean, it is meant, I, I'm pretty sure, let me double check, it's meant for assault landings from the sea, I'm curious if it has any stealth technologies to it, just given how often it gets depicted. Probably not. Um, now, mm-hmm. now t- to the point where, uh, actually, when I mentioned it having the stealth, like, you know, the ninja theming, this is not just like an outside, oh, look at his equipment thing. I mean... When you look at it in a pose, one of the hands that comes with on the robot spirits, if I'm remembering right, as well as like the pose these for G generation, it's got its hands doing like you know, it's got the two fingers up, the two fingers down, and then the thumb curled up, basically oh, it's doing ready like to hand seals. Yeah, basically <laughs> ready to do like a hand symbol, um, which is ridiculous, and I love it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> what a nerdy mobile suit. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And that's why it's funny to me, though, is, right, like, cause, like I said, you look at it, it's like, okay, this is a sensical combat role, you know, it launches from, you know, the sea really fast, it's able to hit things when it's in the water, the assault lander has, you know, its own beam weapons as well as uh, missiles, and then once it hits the shore, it can eject that and then attack on the land, but then all I can imagine is it doing a Naruto run once it's on land at people because of it having the hand sigil ready, or the symbol ready, and... You know, it's very silly. It's such a silly machine. I love it. Love it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It also has the the GN claws, which are, you know, we'll we'll talk about other Jinx models, but I love the GN claws so much. They're so cool.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I was talking about with, like, the little knuckle guards. They're just, they're, they're worn over the finger. They're just claws, and they are so cool. They don't get used enough. I mean, you know, usually they're not in close enough combat to be used, but they're cool. Um, mm-hmm. actually, the more I look at it, too, honestly, mounting Vulcans on the waist seems like it actually kind of, uh, part of me feels like it makes sense, and then part of me thinks about, well, I guess you can't aim it as easily on the waist, like, when, theoretically, the head Vulcans can be used to shoot down, like, planes or something that's moving at you. Um, mm-hmm. then again, these are little beam Vulcans, so, I mean, if you're gonna use them to tear up a mobile suit, uh... At least then, if you're level with a mobile suit, especially on land, uh, it's more at the, you know, center of mass where you're firing.
1: And it's also um, kind of a reaction to the realities of uh, of combat in Gundam's Anno Domini, right? Where, like, you don't have that many, like, fighter planes. You're more likely no... to see a flag or something, right?
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right? Most of most combat roles have been just taken by mobile suits. Like, you know, you have other lines of mobile suits like the uh, Tyran um that basically look like a tank and even do tank things and then they have you know cannon variants where the head is just replaced with a giant turret that would be a little bit large for a tank but you know is mounted on that um which is cool um it is the the superbia is really cool though um and uh yeah i like it uh that's also uh, it's an Ebikawa design. I like Ebikawa's art a lot, um, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's a neat one. It's a neat one. Um, let me see who actually did the Trilobite because I'm curious.
1: Trilobite on the at least on the wiki doesn't have any credit. Oh, it doesn't. Okay, let me see yeah. if. Uh,
0: oh, uh, they do have uh, the Trilobite actually is uh, on Mahq at least, which usually is pretty trustworthy with this. Uh, Hitoshi Fukuchi, which is kind of fun because. Uh, Fukuchi is a designer who has actually done, um, some UC stuff as well. Um, Hmm. actually, when I say UC, I mean older UC things. Like, he's the creator of, like, the Jim Spartan and the Goof Hunter and such, which are, like, from old, um, I don't actually know what the original origin is. I think, I think it's actually just, like, uh, Fukuchi Mobile Suit Station, and I think it's a magazine feature that used to be around. Um, and this was in the '90s, though he would do these like MS variants, um, and so it's kind of fun that I, I always like when a designer has just carried through through time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just kind of interesting though, um, especially considering doing double O designs when normally he would do like the very like turbo grit type of UC designs, like you know, um. I mentioned, like, the Jim Spartan and stuff. A lot of these, a lot of his designs are, like, colored in the very, like, we're trying to make this look like a war painting and, you know, all
1: mm-hmm. that
0: kind of thing. Um, So it's it's really interesting, you know, seeing him do, like, this really futuristic design when, like, just comparing it versus his older art style. Um, But, I mean, that happens, you know. Sure. Uh, designer also,
1: I mean, change. for also for a, like for a GN machine, as we mentioned, there's, you know, this has like the sort of realistic feeling, at least ideas of like, OK, it's got, you know, a gunner and a pilot and it's got the living quarters and it uh, doesn't have any beam weapons in ways. It as though it looks more alien, it kind of feels more grounded than a lot of the the GN technology.
0: Yeah, it's really it's a very interesting contrast because, yeah, um, like we mentioned most GN stuff is like, oh yeah, it has beams, it has big barriers that it can surround itself with, it has you know... It levitates. It it is able to move on land without like, yeah, walking, it's able to just fly around, float around, etc. Which, you know, is cool and all, but it's so... It's just really weird, though, when you get this and actually, I think the GN drives cause, since this is our first GN drive feature episode, uh, cause the same problem that I have in... Code Geass when everything starts getting the flight packs um, mm. when you have combat that is oriented towards like certain environments I think it's much easier for people to animate it in an interesting way than if they just decide oh you know gonna uh, just gonna fly around and float around and move in sure, three dimensions sure. any which way the- I
1: want because the way that the GN drives work is they, I mean, I don't, I don't know like mechanically how they work, but in, in practice, like as as a viewer, they basically generate like an artificial weightlessness, so everything moves like it's in outer space.
0: Yeah, and it's very, you know, like it's it's not like it's awful, right? But mm-hmm. the thing is, so like you know, other Gundam shows generally gravity will still affect a mobile suit unless it's specifically a flight suit. And even then, those are usually one-off enough that it becomes unique. Um, I I, I just have a fear uh, with certain times where it's just like, oh, this has a GN drive, so now we're going to animate all the Earth battles like space, basically, is how it happens a lot of the time. I don't actually think it looks very good. And I I only bring up the Code Geass thing because uh, Code Geass, a lot of them used to use the roller skates, which, you know, skates on a mech are cool. Having the wheels is actually pretty neat. Um. And then, later on, by, like, you know, the end of Season 2, uh, everything is able to, you know, use a flight unit and fly around and, you know, move around, like, through the air. So, you've eliminated an entire dimension of, like, how you would animate and show off, like, combat.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And you have moments, I feel like, where the GN drives are used on Earth in an interesting way. Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of... I feel like it's a thing that sort of gets lost as the show goes on because my best example is like from one of the first scenes of Double O, which is when Exia is first deployed, and it does this like interesting like there's you can still tell that gravity affects it but gravity doesn't affect it completely where it does this weird like pirouette dodge into a slash.
0: Yeah, like it's the thing is when it's only one mobile suit doing it, it's actually really cool and unique when. All of them are doing it. It's kind of lost that aspect, right? It, right? There's not an asymmetric... There's not an asymmetric aspect to the war. Like, it's... Mm. So... You know, Double-O, since you're watching this episode, and people have likely watched Double-O, you know, it's very asymmetrical a lot of the time, right? Um, yeah. The Gundams are just so far above everything the Earth has produced. um, Which is cool. Uh, because... It's not even just like Gundam Wing where it's like, you know, these mobile suits look similar, but like, you know, it's just the the performance on them is just so high strung that they're better. I mean, they just literally demonstrate technologies that these other mobile suits cannot do.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you think about like 0079 when the Gundam is debuted and Char's like, whoa, shit. They basically put a mobile suit, mobile suits or not a mobile suit. They put a battleship's uh, cannon in rifle form in this thing. And so, yeah. like, it doesn't make sense, but he has a base of comparison. Whereas yeah. with the Gundams and Double O, people are like this, I don't even know what to pro- how to process what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Because beam sabers are not
0: really a thing that exists for your standard Earth mobile suits, um, because the beam sabers are made using GN technology, so you know can't really make them. Um, I think one of the flags at some point uses like a prototype plasma blade that is nowhere near as you know effective as like a GN blade is um mm-hmm. which is kind of cool too because that's like the earth trying to emulate the technology but the earth is also like basically m- solid weapons you know a lot of the linear guns and such are just basically you know kin- they're all kinetic weapons mm-hmm. um that use like small rail guns to fire them uh etc et so you know there's a big gap in the technology um that when the mobile suits are able to float around meanwhile the enemies are in like tyrans who are only like grounded or like the union flags which are Trying to fight them aerially, but have to shift between like doing their flight stuff and then shifting into the mobile suit mode, which is very taxing on the pilot too and such. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it makes the asymmetry feel like a lot more interesting to watch, right? Um, season two, it feels weird because you still have the Gundams regularly fighting like the laws and fighting a whole bunch of mobile suits, but they're mobile suits that are far more equal, but they're still winning just as much generally you know yeah, yeah. um which does is not as fun to watch um just in my opinion yeah like it's for not sure. it's not awful I actually do not hate like season two as much as some people I know do but yeah G and drives are just they're they're a thing that is really cool in concept I just I don't like the proliferation and put putting them on everything except for the jinxes but that's specifically like in a weird way because the jinx of season two I don't like as much as the jinx of season one, because they sure. simplified it and now it's mass produced, and rather than, oh, we only have a limited number of these and these are really cool, now you can throw them out and them getting blown up is no big deal, you know?
1: Yeah, it's a um, lot of a lot of the like a lot of the ideas of season two I like on paper. Um mm-hmm. like I do like the idea of season two kind of being about like, okay, your whole plan was based on the idea that you had these technologies that you know earth can't even comprehend but like there's never been an instance of this in history where someone hasn't managed to grab one and started to figure out how it works right Mm -hmm. um and so i do like season two as being like no they're starting to figure out your tech and it's not working but they don't really do anything with that or um Mm -hmm. i also like the idea of the jinxes being like like they they are um you based on the same, like, technology, but they, they, they show such clearly different design sensibilities. So even, like, compared to Federation versus Xeon, where it is, you know, two factions basically seeing the same problems and coming up with different solutions, they have the same base materials, and they still came up with different solutions, right? You have, like, yeah. the, the Jinx-3, which is using a lance, which is not a weapon that anyone else has even tried in this setting. Um, yep.
0: And it also rules. It does. As much as I just complained about uh, the Jinx 3s getting chumped, lances on Mecha are really cool, in my opinion. I love them. They're great. Um, I I like pole arms. Um, But, uh, yeah. like, And the Jinx just looks so not like any other mobile suit in the series. Um, Which makes sense, right? Like, you've got... Three distinct design lineages with the Enacts, the Flags, and the tyrans, And that's kind of the basis for all of Earth's mobile suits, Are like, those three families kind of all tie together. Then you have the Jinx, and this thing is... If you were to tell me that, like, you know, this was, like, developed by, like, like... Like, if you just look at the original Jinx, and it's just, like, this single one of these is just, like, a super weapon developed by some scientist in an underground lab using, like, alien technology... I believe you cuz it looks weird as hell. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's just so different from everything. It's even different from the other uh, GN suits too like you mentioned like
1: um and it, it, it's just so cool because of I that. really one of the one of the big beefs I have with um with uh Gundam Breaker and also the uh, Gundam Breaker mobile is they really do a disservice to the Jinx's head?
0: Yeah, they do. They just um, I don't know what
1: they do to it. They just cut, like, a big chunk of metal off of, off of it or whatever. Because in the actual, like, art, it looks like this cool-looking, like, ogre.
0: Yeah, it's... They... I think they actually do a weird job of it with 3D. And it does tend to be stylized in animation. But, like, the, the forehead area with, like, the weird little middle eye camera is supposed to be jutting out a little bit more than it does in the... It basically feels like they flattened it in mm-hmm. the game, is what it does. Um... And that if yeah, I get what you mean. Is as someone who loves the Jinx, it was like, mm. um, of course, my favorite Jinx head. Sadly, not in any of the games yet because I love the Jinx for most of all. <laughs> it's just really cool. But uh, yeah, the Jinx. What a cool design series. I can't get too much into it because I'm sure we'll roll the Jinx at some point, and then I'll have yeah. a billion variants to talk about.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's the that's the nice thing. Um. I guess we could also real quick talk about like I didn't I didn't give it its own um its own thing. We could talk about the empress if you want. Um
0: you know what? It's a relate it is not directly related to the trilobite, but the empress is neat. Um the only problem with talking the empress I can think is the empress is related to something really cool that we could talk about.
1: Mm, you're right. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that. Um, yeah,
0: some actually really neat mobile armors in Double O, though. I'll I'll say that. Um, it's that, it's that'll an be art my note that only. I
1: feel like a lot of a lot of side settings don't respect as much as they should.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's changed a
1: little bit as time has gone on, but sure. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, like there's like one mobile armor in all of IBO, and it's cool, but. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Um.
0: But anyway, so still, still not as long as normal. But actually, given given how much of a dead end the trilobite kind of is in a lineage, still more to talk about than the Master Gundam. <laughs> yep. Uh. But yeah.
1: So. All right. Well, I guess we will take it to the close here then. Um. Mm-hmm looking forward to yeah there's there's yeah honestly looking at this list that is maybe the most boring one of the double o suits we could have rolled uh which i think is encouraging about the future but
0: yeah yeah no it definitely means we'll be able to talk a lot uh, about pretty much most things we get from that um mm-hmm. that, interesting one to get though for our very first double o suit
1: yeah uh, As
0: I sit here calculating
1: in my head, like, wait
0: a minute, did we do a double O C before? No, no, we? no, no. Okay.
1: no, no, no. Well, this is this is a nice, nice, soft introduction to the concept of GN drives and such. Yes, uh, because we didn't even go into
0: all the stuff that they do. <laughs> okay, what do you want them to do? They probably do it. <laughs> Basically, yes. If you, if there is a singular technology you can think of that does a thing, GN drives do it.
1: <laughs> it's ah. Uh... What we
0: mentioned was only a glimpse into the future of Anno Domini. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. Well, Dylan, where can people find you on the internet?
0: I am at lowpolyrobot uh, on twitter.com. At lowpolyrobot on twitter.com. There we go. Um, and that's me. Hello. Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye. All right. Well, uh, well, I'm not actually
0: leaving. I'm not actually leaving. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I didn't know how to end that. Shoot.
1: Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at 6DETMAR, uh Patreon.com ScanlineMedia.com Those are where you find my work. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week for more robots. Um, in, case, in case you missed the memo, we will not always do a bonus episode. It's just sort of whatever we feel like. Um, this week we rolled the Master Gundam and we we were not satisfied, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not to mention, it turns out when you do one episode shorter, but you've apportioned time for the idea of doing this, doing two of them in a row just seems logical.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Until next time, folks. Uh, uh, No one can shoot down the future? Ciao. no